0: dismissed for Children's Church. I, uh, you can head out the back. Sheen is uh, leading you today, so uh, thank you for that. Boy, thank you guys for worship this morning. Appreciate all your time and talents you poured in this morning. I wanted to uh, share just a quick story here uh, before Trey shared another quick story, but uh, I was reading a little bit today about a man named John Knox. Um, I don't know, there's not a lot of talk about John Knox much anymore unless you're maybe Presbyterian, but John Knox was a Scottish guy, uh, um, left Scotland because at that time he, he was uh, lived in the 1500s, and that time um, there was a, uh, the church and the government were all together, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Mary, Queen of Scots, but anyway, uh, very oppressive um, very oppressive government and very oppressive, oppressive um, um, uh, religious rule, and basically um, there was a lot of, um, well, let's just say heresy in the church at the time, and uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, there was this this was the beginning of the of the of the protestant reformation where the cries of some of these guys were things in latin like sola gratia which means by it's only by grace that we're saved it's not through works um those guys were the uh were were the people who founded um what we've come to believe today really what 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 we've come uh, to believe today as protestants and so <laughs> and so uh uh, anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up, though, is that, is that John Knox was uh, known for his prayers. As a matter of fact, Mary Queen of Scots um, uh, is uh, reputed to have said, um, "I don't, fe- I-, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than I fear all the assembled armies of Europe." Uh, basically, talking about the prayers of this man, and and his greatest prayer, the thing that he's most renowned for saying is this: He said, "Lord, give me Scotland, or I die." Basically, saying basically what the song that we just sang said, just said, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come to my people. I want to see the gospel known in every household. I want every man, woman, and child to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his salvation uh, that, that comes. And just had a, just such an incredible passion uh, that he ended up having to leave the country of Scotland until the Lord called him back. And uh, this was at the time, you know, when the church was burning people at the stake for that kind of uh, teaching. You know what I'm saying? So some of, his, uh, some of the other believers, some of the other folks that, uh, that he served with were actually burned at the stake. And, but John Knox at the time was saying, uh, give me Scotland or I die. Um, I pray that we would have that kind of heart. You know, Lord, give, us, give me that kind of heart. Give me that kind of heart for your gospel. Give me that kind of heart to see in my own life, in, the, in my family, in my household, in my community, in my country. Um, and what can we do to support, Lord, your kingdom bu- building, your kingdom work in places like the Philippines, in, in places where Mike and Cheryl Schutz serve in, in Africa? W- you know, Lord, what can we do? What can we give? Um, uh, what, what can we do to support your work, to see your kingdom come? Um, I want to, so the, anyway, that is a, an, an introduction here to uh, Trey and his work. YWAM has a global vision uh, to reach folks uh, with the gospel in a hundred different ways. They are creative uh, it is a, it is an impressive organization, and and I want you when you hear today uh, what Trey is sharing with you, and the and the small part that he plays is a, is a much larger glimpse of what God's doing in, in building His kingdom uh, through people like you and people like me and people like Trey who are called to go. Amen. You with me? All right, all right, very good. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to turn it to our very own Trey Andrews. All right.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Trey Andrews, and I really like plaid shirts. Um, I just wanted to start it out with that. Just get, you know, we're going to connect today. There's going to be some connections made, you know, with plaid shirts, and you guys. Okay, um, I'm a part of an organization called Youth with a Mission, or YWAM. Um, basically, their main vision is to ma- or to know God and to make Him known. That's the whole entire vision of it. I've been doing this stuff for about two years now. This stuff. But I've been doing this for about two years, and it's been amazing, life-changing. I mean, for all you guys who knew me before I went. I mean, it feels like, for me, a complete 180 since I left. Um, I even look at pictures of me before I, before I went and pictures of me now, and I don't know what it is. I think I just look more good looking. It might be age, but I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> It might be just, I, as you can see, I buy pants a little longer because I still think I'm going to grow a little. I have faith, and I pray for growth. Um, but, yeah, I did a what's called a discipleship training school, a DTS. We love acronyms, by the way. Um, then I did a school of evangelism, an SOE. See what I did there? And now I'm on staff. There is no acronym for staff. It's just staff. Um, so I've been a full-time uh, missionary since September of the last year. And uh, I came i came from this church. I went to the mission field from here, nowhere else. Came from, you know, this church, Calvary Baptist Church. Um, I was born and raised here in Canyon. A little, if you don't know this information, but I, was, I wasn't born here, but basically I was. Um, born and raised in Canyon, Texas, go Eagles, yeah, (laughs) okay, and uh, uh, I'm definitely kind of a Texas pride kind of guy, especially with living with a bunch of people from all over the United States, there's people that are like, yeah, West Coast, best coast, I'm like, West Texas, best Texas, (laughs) in your face, Um, but I'm going to show you guys some pictures and some videos about what's been happening in the last two years, and that, and then, what is the next step, what's the next plan, because God spoke, and he told me what he's called me to do, so if you could put that first picture up there. See that See that guy with the, the hat on? Um, his name is Dave, and I met him a year, uh, uh, yeah, about a year ago, year and a half. Um, he's homeless, and he lives in Nashville, Texas, or Nashville, Tennessee, not Texas. Nashville doesn't exist in Texas. Paris does. Um, but as you can see, I have a thumbs up. Nobody else has a thumbs up but me. I, I it's, Everybody else is just kind of smiling, and I'm like, good job. Um, I'm just now really looking at this picture. That, see that thing in his hand? It's a um, melodica. What you do is you blow through a little tube, and then you hit the keys, and it plays music. He was sitting on the street trying to raise money because he needed to pay rent. Well, I had my guitar, and we were playing. It was super cold in Nashville. And this is during my discipleship training school. I should probably mention that first. What you do is you do three months of a lecture phase. We sit in a classroom every day for three months. We learn about the Father heart of God. We learn about like, God's vision, God's heart you know, like, we learn about, basically, it's life-changing for yourself, because you go and you learn about who you are as God's messenger, like, who are you, you know? You learn about, uh, you know, it's impossible to love another person if you can't love yourself, you know? let Treat you, treat people as you treat yourself, kind of thing, you know? And um, I keep on saying, you know, like, I'm Rocky, like, hey, you know, Adrian? Um, but we went on this outreach to the East Coast for two months, and on the way up, we went to Nashville, and I, uh, felt like God was telling me to play on the streets, so I got my guitar, and I went out there, and I was playing on the streets of Nashville, which is kind of cool, you know? Place, there's music everywhere. You're thinking maybe somebody famous will walk by and be like, man, you sound good. You want a record label? But definitely didn't happen. I got a lot of weird eyes, you know, like, it's a red guy with a beanie doing. Um, but I met this guy named Dave, and he had a party hat on because it was his birthday. I don't, it wasn't actually his birthday. I knew that, but uh, because I was like... <laughs> I asked how old he was, and he didn't know, so, but anyways, the funny thing was, is he's got all these clothes on, and people have given him that those clothes, and I asked a little about him, I prayed for him, and at first, he was like, who are you guys, who are you, what are you doing, I don't even know, like, I talked to him, and he was all skittish, he was like, whoa, I don't want to talk to you, so me and all this whole group, the, they're youth kids, every single one of them, I'm the only YWAMer in that picture, um, these are all people we just met, you know? And, uh, you know, (laughs) and so we walked down the street a little more ways. And then I just felt like, I don't know, I wanted to play music for Dave. I wanted to play music on the street, open up the case, and then write a sign saying, playing for Dave down the street. And I don't know why. I mean, the guy could be buying drugs with his money, or I don't have no idea. But I knew that I was supposed to do it. I just knew. And why not, you know? And so, (laughs) you know, so we went down the street. Pulled out my guitar and just played music. It, I, I didn't play worship music; I just played whatever people would want to hear, and uh, people throwing money, money, money. All it was awesome. And so we got 40 bucks for him. We walked down the street to him, and we said, "Hey, we were playing music down there for you, and here's 40 bucks." He like totally changed his face, like he completely just like blank face, and he was saying like, "I'm not actually raising money for rent. You know, I was, I, I need to pay off a debt that I have to a guy, and if I don't pay it off, you know." Like really bad stuff's gonna happen. And we're like, Oh well, then should we give you the money? And he goes, No, like I'm gonna buy I'm gonna use this money, I'm gonna get a bus ticket, I'm gonna get out of town, I'm gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna go live with my mom and dad, who are still alive. And I was just kinda like, First off, good idea. Second off, here's forty bucks. Third off, that's right, I have a third one. His his melodica was broken and I had duct tape in my backpack, so I flip in sha, sha, sha old Texas Texas duct tape trick, and it works. And uh, we played some music together on the street, and it was awesome. It was a good experience. Because the thing is, is I, d- I didn't go up there saying, like, hey, do you know Jesus? Because you need to know him. I went up there saying, hey, do you need help? Let me pray for you. You know, it was more, and I wanted to listen to his story more than I wanted to tell him mine. I wanted to speak his language before I expected him to speak mine. Just like if I went to Asia, I can't expect him to just speak English like that. I got to expect... Them to speak their language first, so that was awesome experience in Nashville. Can you go to the next picture? Boom! That's a good looking man. Hold on, let me try that. Um, this was in Baltimore. Who's been to Baltimore? Raise your hand. All right, we got one. All right, <laughs> Baltimore is awesome. I love it. It's so cool. The East Coast in general has so much history in it. It's out of out of this world. Um, but right here, I'm in a high school, and you know that difference between church and state. Um, they some teachers have banded together and say like, "Oh, it's like a, a group where we just kind of talk to each other," which is cool. It's kind of like an underground Bible study, but they don't talk about the Bible. I'm kind of apparently burpy today, but it's funny. This 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 stance. Everybody calls that my uh, my chopping stance because I do this when I talk. Well, it's better than this. Like do the do the pastor crump. Like, he's about to hand off the ball. But it's really cool because they told us, like, hey, we don't want to, like, fully talk about the Bible because we don't want, you know, other, you know, we don't want any issues. But they asked, like, okay, so we get to it in a group and we pray who's going to speak. And so this is my first time speaking. And I speak on identity, speak on, like, having your own identity and being proud of it. Like, you know, if you're a musician, you're a musician. If you're you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. And I got up there, and I was talking about, yeah, you know, if you're a band kid, then you're a band kid, right? Own that. Be proud of that. But don't let it split you away from other people. Don't get clickish. Don't get in a click. But then all of a sudden, you know, God was giving me words. But I was like, oh, I can't use them. I can't do it. But I was like, you know what? Church and state, what what are they going to do? Throw me in jail? Bring it out. Like, you know, people are in, because I had, there's two other groups in our DTS, one in India and one in South Korea. In one part of India, they're not allowed to talk about God at all. Some people get thrown in prison for it, where they were in India. And these kids are my age, you know? Would that be weird? 18-year-old, just talking about God. I'm like, you've got to go to jail. I wonder how that 18-year-old's parents would be. You know, that would be, be pretty crazy. i so, like, it's all right, Mom, don't worry. Um, but I was thinking, like, are they gonna, what are they going to do? I'm talking about God in a, in a school. It's kind of like, I feel like that's the same as getting onto somebody for loitering. They're just like, hey, move. <laughs> no. You better move. Like, you better do it. But it, I feel like that's what it is. So I talked about God. I was like, God's this, God's that. And so we had, like, five people just completely, like, break down and say, like, I've been finding my identity in, you know, drugs and drinking and stuff. I've been finding it in what I actually can do, my abilities. So it was an amazing experience there. Um, and then the next slide. Buffering. Oh, don't worry. Hey, thanks for serving back there and doing this. That's awesome. You're great. This man, let me tell you something. This is my best friend, Johnny. Do it for Johnny. This is my best friend, Johnny. He's from Georgia. I I could talk about Christian stuff all day, but I wanted to talk about, like, my buddies because I got a lot of them. But this guy has been my best friend since, like, I started at DTS. And it all started with him calling me Mr. Different. I had my backpack on. He goes, oh, you got your backpack on, Mr. Different? And then I was like, Okay weirdo. And then we were walking to breakfast one day and he goes, man, I'm cold. And I just go, why don't you quit being a little girl? Like being sarcastic. And he goes, what? What did that come from? And then we were best friends. I don't know how it happened. But um, this picture right here was taken in a subway in New York. And he, I don't, in subways, I get really anxious because there's a yellow line. It's, you don't cross the yellow line. And Johnny, when we took the picture, right after we took it, he leaned in, he pulled me in, like right to the yellow line. And I, like, grabbed him and threw him into people because I was like, You're gonna die. The yellow line, it's there for, look at the signs. People have died. And everybody'd be like, You know, trying to trip me out. It's just don't, the word of advice don't go across the yellow line. Don't do that. Why? Why do you need to? Don't worry about it. Um, but he, this, this, he's such a good friend. I'm not sportsy, I can't play sports. I can kind of play softball, but that's about it. I can't play basketball at all. I have video proof of me not being able to play basketball when I was, like, this tall. He said, he, (laughs) I was making backwards bets. Somebody said, oh, if you can make it from half court, from behind the line, if you can make it into a goal, then I'll do this. And I was like, all right. And I'll go to the other goal and shoot it, and then I'd miss right beside the goal. And they're like, oh. So Johnny made a bet with me. He said, if you can make it from the half court line, I'll make a bet with you, right? And he, so he makes this bet, and so I shoot it from the half-court line, and the next picture, I shaved his head because that's what he bet. He bet his hair, and that man, I don't know if you saw his hair. It was beautiful, and I made that shot, and I shaved that off. Look at that. It's beautiful, and then you go to the next one. Oh, and he wasn't happy. He was, he was not because he didn't think I'd go through with it. He goes, oh, you're not going to do it, and I was like, yeah, I am. I made a half-court shot, and you made a bet. I'm shaving your head off. Um, but it was awesome. Great experience. Is the video next? I just wanted to ask. Okay, so I'm going to show you a video. Um, I got the chance to make this video, uh, and it was about our DTS outreach. We took it to the East Coast. We went to Washington, D.C., Boston, Baltimore, New Hampshire, all these crazy places, and did a lot of street ministry. We helped. We were with a bunch of different crews and people, and I had, I, they gave me an opportunity to go to India and South Korea, and I wanted to go to South Korea really bad. But I felt like God was telling me that I don't know any history about my own nation. Like I didn't I didn't know enough. I know a lot about Texas. I mean, you know, right? But I didn't know anything about our country. And I went on this tour and I've never like I understand America so much more. I understand like why why we fought to have this country and why it's important. And how freedom isn't a right. Freedom freedom is for everyone in the whole world. The thing is anybody can be free, but America has rights like in one of our rights is to have full and utter freedom. In other countries you don't have that right. And that's the thing like some people take advantage of freedom and some people some people just don't. And I learned during this trip and I met so many like homeless people and I met so many people on the streets that just couldn't didn't have a a life goal and just wanted something. They wanted something but they didn't know where to find it. Like in the East Coast there's so many people that are looking for an answer. And it's just You know, I I personally only have, like, three testimonies, you know, because (laughs) if I said it from Texas, then I got, like, a mouthful about being a Texan. It was funny. But it's crazy, like, how desperate people are to find a calling or a truth. And in D.C., you meet everybody that has a job, but then you go to the backside of D.C., and all of a sudden, there's just, I mean, we were right across from where they deal drugs all the time. That's where we were staying. And we went out to that uh, convenience store all the time when drug deals were going down. And And all you did was just talk to them and get to know them. That's it. That's all you do. And because that's what God wants you to do, you know, relationships. It's important. So you guys check out this video, and then after it's done, i I'll talk a little bit about SOE. Hit it. His great love.
2: His great love.
1: His
3: great
2: love. His great love.
3: His great love.
0: His great love.
2: His great love is extravagant. It's extravagant.
4: It's extravagant.
2: His great love is never ending. It
4: is never ending. It is never ending.
2: His great love never ends.
1: His great love is everlasting.
2: His great love lasts forever. His great love is my solid foundation. His great love is my solid
1: my solid foundation.
4: It's life-changing. It's beautiful. His great love is humbling.
1: Overwhelming Overbounding Overjoyous Mighty Majestic Powerful Beautiful
2: Too legit to quit Abundant
1: Great love is merciful The light of the world
2: Never failing
1: Salt of the earth Sovereign
2: His great love is patient It is patient It is kind It does not envy
3: It does not envy it does not boast
2: It does not boast
4: It is not proud
2: It is not rude It is not self-seeking It is not easily angered.
4: Easily
0: angered
2: It keeps no record No record of wrongs it does not delight in evil.
4: But it
0: rejoices with the truth
2: It always protects Always
0: Trusts It no. hopes Always perseveres
2: It preserves
0: His great
1: love Never fails Never fails Never, Never fails failed.
3: His great love His great love
1: His great love His great love His great love, His great love is you. So, yeah, I got an awesome chance to make that video. Um, I mean, what was the main thing you saw in that video? It wasn't, it wasn't standing on a corner, and it wasn't, like, yelling at people. It wasn't. That's not the way we feel like we should do it. We're not saying that's wrong. We're saying that's not the way. We were there with people talking to them because that's all it is. This right here is exactly what we were doing, community, fellowship, talking to each other. You know, it said 1,500-something to mobilize. That means 1,500 people heard about Jesus from us. So so that team we took was about mm, give or take, eight, eight around there. Eight to ten. So ten of us together reached a thousand five hundred people. Um so that means I was a part of reaching one thousand five hundred people. So that means you were a part of reaching one thousand five hundred people because you're a part of this church. Even if it's your first day at this church Welcome to reaching 1,500 people. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the main goal. That's why I came here, and that's why I'm talking about this, is because you guys are the reason 1,000 people now have heard the name of Jesus and are, doing, are wanting to do something about their lives. It's you guys. No, no matter what you do in this church, no matter if it's your first time, it's you. You're doing it. It's Calvary Baptist. So if you go to the next picture, this picture makes me smile. Because this, because everybody's smiling, but I wasn't ready. I'm have I'm I got the blue hat on over here on the right, and my eyes were closed, and I'm like, because oh. it was bright. All right, Louisiana. That's in New Orleans. Who's who's been in New Orleans? One of the greatest cities in America because it's just so much. It's so much live. It's so much crazy. Well, this this is my SOE. This is my second school. Um, this group, this means that we, when you do a school of evangelism, that means you felt like God's calling you to the next level, to the next step. God's calling you to a mission field of some sort that's bigger than yourself. It's bigger than just what you've been doing. Um, not saying that the other ones weren't, but that's, this is our group. Now, uh, one of these people is from Amarillo in here, and, like, we became really close friends and really good friends. And every single one of these people I have, like, a, a, a relationship with. Like a relate, like I have different inside jokes, different friend, different things that bind us, that make us close. During this Louisiana trip, right before we went to New Orleans, we were in Baton Rouge, which I sang the Baton Rouge song like 500 times when I was there. Baton Rouge, sounds something like that. Um, But (laughs) we, I turned. It was my birthday then, so it was a year ago, and I turned 21, and. So randomly, we were sitting together, and we just opened up to each other. All of us opened up so much stuff we'd been hiding from each other, like bad relationships and stuff like that, that day. And me and Emily, the the girl in the crazy colors in the front, she's from Amarillo, we both felt like we were supposed to get baptized. I was I felt like I was supposed to get baptized into manhood, into being a man and start making grown-up decisions. I say grown-up because I'm still kind of a child in a lot of ways. Um, but I wanted to start making decisions differently, start approaching things differently. And I wanted to make an act of faith and act like that. So I got baptized right there in a Baton Rouge pool, swampy area. So this SOE was the, the, as you heard from the last one, his great love, we were themed the school of his great love. I made that video and wrote the script for the, his love is too legit to quit. It's this and that. But the thing is. His great love is you because there's no, how else can he show his love unless it's through his people? You can't, he, I mean, he, is, I mean, you can be like, oh, the mountains are so beautiful, but does that make you feel loved? You know, what makes you feel loved is when somebody is nice to you, when somebody opens the door for you. My mom taught me to open a door for somebody by walking up to Cole's, and I would be like, here we go. And I walk in, and I look, I was like, where's mom? And she's still waiting outside, and I'd go back, like, and look around, and then open the door. She'd be like, yeah, that's right, you're gonna open the door. Open this one. <laughs> No, but because of that, like, I opened the door for people on the East Coast on that last outreach. And some of them were like, I can open my own door. And that made me think, like, I'm trying to be nice. But it's funny. The culture is just different. So you got to speak their language, you know. And that was hard for me because, you know, I was raised here in Canyon, Texas, one of the most amazing towns in all of Texas. Um, Go to the next picture. Okay, that's me. And then that's LaShawn. LaShawn is from um, New Orleans, Louisiana. He's from the Projects. Now, this is a perfect picture. I didn't know this picture was taken until about three weeks ago. Somebody told me it was up. What just happened Well, see that basketball. What happened the day before was LaShawn, he was getting picked on by somebody. And I don't, I don't do that. That's not my jam. And some kid was trying to fight him on the playground. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit taller than him. A, a little bit. Not much. But I'm a little bit wider. So I remember, like, this kid was, like, oh, taking the basketball and pushing him and stuff. And I was like, hey. <laughs> like, I was just, like, picked him both up and sat him down. No, but I picked him up. And LaShawn was like, let me at him. Hold me back. Like, I'm like, no, stay back, little guy. And I talked to him. And I used to, I used to get bullied growing up. And I remember he was mad. I'm talking about tears, temper mad. And I was like, boom, I've been there. So this is, I've, this is the first time I've ever talked to a kid about being bullied, ever. And I remember I sat down with him, and I was like, does it make you mad what he's doing? He's like, yeah. I go, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to beat him up. I was like, what are you going to do after you beat him up? He's like, I don't know. He's like, that doesn't sound like a very good plan. I was like, what if he didn't do anything right now? What if he just sat and thought about what to do? Let's think about it. And he goes, okay. And I was like, do you, want, do you want that basketball? He goes, yeah, I want that basketball. I was like, what are you going to do when you get the basketball? I was like, we'll play with the basketball. I was like, yeah, I shouldn't ask that question. But I remember I told him, what you can try to do is tell, tell him, hey, I'm sorry for trying to take the basketball away from you. And the first thing he told me was like, I don't need to apologize to him. I don't need to do that. Because I didn't do anything wrong. And I told him, you know what, sometimes... Saying sorry doesn't mean you did something wrong. Saying sorry and saying you forgive somebody is just implying that, you know what, that was not a good situation. But I want to tell you that I'm sorry about it not being a good situation. And I want to fix the relationship. I told this to a kid, you know. I was, at first I was like, this is going to be over his head. But he goes, you really think that will work? And I was like, well, you can give it a shot. And if you all start fighting again, I'll, I'll, I'll break it up. <laughs> he goes, all right. So he goes over there and he goes, hey, I'm sorry for trying to take the basket away from you. I just wanted to play. He goes, okay, then you can play then. Boom, relationships fixed. It's great. It's awesome. Later that day, that was he, he was using our basketball, and he, his friends that he was playing with, which they're you know they're kids, you're gonna fight and be friends, you know, and um, they were trying to take the ball and keep it, and Lashawn got mad at him and said, no, that's their ball. We have to give it back. He goes, no, we're keeping it. And Lashawn like, like double faked him and took the ball and ran to us in the pouring rain and gave it back to our van. The next day. I went and went to Walmart, bought him a basketball, and that's me giving it to him. And I told him, this is your basketball. You're going to write your name on it. This is yours. This is your basketball. And the reason it's yours is because you gave us the basketball back, and now you deserve one. And I was like, by any chance do you pray? And he goes, yeah, of course I always pray. My mom always has me pray for a go to bed. And I was like, have you been praying for a basketball? And he goes, yeah, of course I've been praying for a basketball. He says, of course, like I'm supposed to know this. I'm kind of like, I'm from Texas, and I don't play basketball. I mean, I can hit a half-court shot and shave your head. But but I was giving him this basketball, and you see what he's doing with his hand? I remember he was doing that with his hand, and I would hand it to him, but he wouldn't. He just kept on doing this with his hand. And I was like, is something wrong with your hand? He goes, yeah, it, it just hurts. And I didn't know. I still don't know why. But I remember I took his hand. I put the basketball in his hand. I was like, play with this ball. It's yours. This is your ball. He took it. He started crying, and he told his friends, he was like, I have a, I have a basketball. Like, nobody in the, the projects had a basketball but him. And it's because he had been praying. He was righteous. He was obedient. Brought back that ball, and now God blessed him with another one, you know? How can God be a great love? It's through, it's through you. So the next picture. That's a nice hat, by the way. I like that hat. Okay, right here. Welcome to Germany. You've arrived at Germany. Um, as you can see, I'm playing a guitar next to a guy playing guitar. With somebody like doing with a lady with a dress and a lady journaling you see you see that uh, you are the a- apple of god 's eye and the apple right there we drew that with chalk. I got called to Germany I could either go to Germany or give me a second Greece in my second school i chose i felt like God was telling me Germany, which i 'm so glad he did because I love that place you know if u s is out of the cup i 'm going for Germany um but i love this I love this picture so much because. This kind of depicts us. We went, in, S- in school of evangelism, we actually went to the cities alone. We didn't go with, like, our leaders saying, I'm going to hold your hand. Don't go too far. Like, here they said, go. Go wherever you want. Play and do whatever you want. Minister to people. We felt like God was telling us to use the arts. We had artists on our team. We were drawing stuff on chalk right here and stuff. And that's us leading worship in the streets. To the next picture actually depicts it better, the best. Not that one. That's weird. That, that one is the second best, but I will talk about this. This is in another place, and uh, that's the street view. That's from behind us. Now, you, people are just doing their normal thing. My favorite is this guy in the red shirt walking by looking at us because he's probably going to get some schnitzel, but that guy in the red shirt actually is about to get stopped by this little group right here by one of those guys. That guy is going to give his life, life to Christ that day because I'm, right now I'm playing a Coldplay song. And that guy loves Coldplay. He might not look like he loves Coldplay, but he loves Coldplay. And he stops and goes, man, I love this song. Starts talking to Zach Gibson, the guy in the white shirt. And they talk and talk and talk and get to know each other. And Zach's listening. And the guy says, like, why are you guys here? He goes, well, we're actually here just playing music and talking to people and praying for people. Do you need prayer for anything? And the guy breaks down into tears. And he said, like, you know, he's been going through, like, a rough time financially and everything like that. And he just, he has nowhere to go. You know, and in Germany, it's it's more of a Catholic post-Christian is what they say. Um, and so that's that's kind of like that country. So if you can go to the next picture. It's buffering. You're going to have to give it a second. No, hey, you're awesome. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. We did that with chalk. I think I went, no, I'm not wearing the same shirt. But this is in the Beatles plots. It's where the Beatles were first seen and like made big. And what happened was, this is in the red light district in Germany, Hamburg, Germany. Um, the red light district is a little different in Germany. It's considered a family area, um, which is weird. Like you know, graphic images and stuff like that—that that is like, whoa, don't show that on the streets here. Is not the rule there. That like prostitution is legal if you have a if you have a permit, which is weird. But on this mile, there is prostitution everywhere. There's, I mean, you can't see a sign because we try to not take pictures of the signs. Because they were they were super inappropriate, like, yeah, really bad. And this is like families are walking around like a kid's like just going to get a hot dog, you know? He's because they don't see it. To us Americans, we're like, what is this? There's children. But to them, it's their culture, like it's normal. And but the thing is, is I don't know. We kind of know this. That's not like that's just not. It leads to just crazy stuff. And sure enough, we started playing music, doing art. The, this say is like, Jesus is your love. We pray about what to write and what to draw. So many people, there were like prostitutes coming up to us wanting something new. And luckily, there's a ministry in that town that we were able to connect them with for people that are, by the way, a broad, uh, um, I can't even think of the word where sex trafficking happens and all that stuff. Like a house for that that's legal is like right next to us. And people that were walking out of there, they saw us, they saw the art, and they're like, oh, this is so beautiful. You know, and they're talking to us, and we'd talk to them. We'd hear their story, hear their story, tell them there's freedom, tell them something that's beautiful about them. And then we'd send them to somewhere, which the Salvation Army there is like totes legit. I said totes. It's totally legit. It's awesome. They have a house that is for girls in recovery from being in sex trafficking, and it's amazing. So is the video next? One more picture. Hit it. Boom. These two guys are it changed my life. The reason I am the way I am today is because of these two men. The man on my right is uh, Jakob or Jacob, but it's Jakob in Germany, and then Tim. Jacob is a part of the House of Prayer in uh, Augsburg, Germany, and Tim is a photographer. Um, I got to know them both, and the funny thing is, is these guys barely know a lot about me, but I know so much about them. I'm a talker, as you can clearly see, but they challenged me, my team challenged me to start listening more. And I did. And I fell in love with these guys. Like Jacob is on his way to greatness, dude. He has a passion for God. That's not going to stop. He's unstoppable and unmovable force. He is, he loves prayer. He'll, he'll pray for you. And if nothing happens, you don't even care. He's just glad he prayed for you. And Tim was in a place where he felt like he was out of college and he had nowhere. He, he had no idea where to go. And I told him to start doing photography. And he goes, well, I'm scared. I'm scared people won't like it. And I said, do what you love to do. Like, do it. God wants you to do it. And we hung out and hung out and hung out. And this is when I said goodbye to him. I haven't seen him since. I've talked to him here and there. But this was like a big moment. Like, I remember Tim and Jacob were crying when I left. And they said that their lives will never be the same because they met me. They said they want to do, the main thing they said is they want to do what they love because they met me, because they see that I do what I love. And that changed my life. After this, I decided I wanted to pursue a career in music, in the music industry. I wanted to pursue a life of being real. These guys were real with me. They weren't fake. They were who they were. But I was the one that always tried to be fake. I tried to be the christian religious guy, instead of being the, the who I am, you know, the normal person, you know, honestly. And the next is the video, and this is the Germany video. I got a chance to make this video, too, and it was awesome to make. Um, So I'm going to let you all watch that because my grandma probably knows, but I have to go to the restroom really bad, (laughs) and I'm, like, going around doing this. But I'm going to let you all watch this video and, like, listen to, like, these testimonies because they're they're not mine and really, really understand what they're trying to talk about because it's huge. So, yeah, run that video real quick.
4: that was our very first stop and what we did was we went to the very center of berlin where the wall was and we just walked around we just prayed and said god what is your heart for berlin we we definitely felt the separation between the east and the west we saw the wall um, all the art the graffiti the pain of the past the the hope for the future we just stood there and we just prayed and we asked god what do you want us to pray for what is your heart and what can we do as christians to bring hope to Berlin. After doing that, we just felt like God was saying, there is hope coming to Berlin. Um, Even though there's been so much pain and tearing apart of the past, there is something new happening. There's a new light coming forth. We met up with Robert and Isabel. We prayed over the Capitol building and we prayed over the amendments. And it was really just an amazing first stop because we really were able just to to soak in, this is what um, God is feeling towards Germany. And there's definitely hope and there's definitely something burning. A a quiet light is beginning to rise.
2: So Augsburg was an amazing week. We uh, were able to partner with a local church, youth group there. We had about uh, 25 to 30 students, and they were all ages 13 to 18. The week really focused a lot on what is truth, learning God's principles and applying them to our life. Our verse was Proverbs 14:12. It says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the, in the end it leads to death. The whole week, the Holy Spirit was really highlighting himself, wanting to speak to the students. We, what we felt like we were supposed to do was to hear a word of the Lord for either the youth group or the, a, a student in particular, we just wanted to show that hearing God's voice is natural. And so that evening we had our ten students get up and, hey, I, I think the word of the Lord is this for this student. Hey, I think the Lord is saying this for this student. The Holy Spirit said, now I want them to hear my voice. And so instead of doing the whole message that we thought of, instead of doing the things that we planned to do, the Holy Spirit kind of shifted our night session that evening. And then after a couple minutes, the, the room was filled with testimonies of what the Lord would speak to us. Each, each one of these students now had a testimony of what the Lord was speaking to them, how they heard God's voice. For a third location, we
5: stayed at a church in the small town of Dillingen. And it was really cool. We got to be part of the Sunday service right away. We did our radioactive drama. They loved it. We had a, like an all-night prayer meeting. We prayed over Germany. We prayed for Dillingen, We prayed for what we are going to do. And we were like getting words about how God wants to like, you know, God wants the people to have a pride in Germany. What they've done in the past has nothing to do with who they are. And then after that we did evangelism in the nearby cities. It was really cool. We set up this like big central area and we had people going out and doing evangelism. And we had like worship in the central spot and people holding up signs, like Jesus is your hope. We were giving out free hugs. It's really cool how many people were just interested in the message that we had. And the second day we went to uh went to Heidenheim and did the same thing. And like, it was really cool for me personally. I had this experience. We, um, we ended up talking with this Muslim guy and he was, he was just so open to what we had to say. We actually got to like hold hands with him and pray for him, to our God, about his family in Syria for protection and stuff. And he just, just kept listening to what we had to say and ended up buying us ice cream, which is really cool. So for our fourth
6: week in Germany, We spent the week in the city of Lutonshine, working with a ministry called FCJG. We got to come alongside them and help run a youth camp called Stream Camp. And we came there with the mindset that we were going to be ministering to these kids. But when we actually showed up, we found out that God had other plans. And He actually ministered a lot to us personally. And throughout the whole week, we got to spend time with these kids and we got to hear their stories and hang out with them, but also every morning we'd meet together for something called Good Morning Holy Spirit where we would, all of us together as a community, just worship and hear God's voice. We had a night where we just ministered to the kids and we prayed for them and we uh, prophesied over them and spoke truth into their lives. And the coolest part of this whole week was every day we had new testimonies of what God was doing in the city. Because not only were these kids like learning who they were or learning uh, who God was, but they were on fire to spread the gospel. By the end of the week, they were out on the streets preaching the gospel, going up to strangers with no fear, and they were on fire to do it, like they enjoyed it. And one of the cool things we did as an outreach, like all of us together, and we came together like with torches and with um, music and dancing, and we all went into the square and just celebrated Jesus. We spent a week in
3: Hamburg with our two contacts, Jason and Luba. We got to do ministry with them in the red light district, which is potentially the darkest area in Germany. And we got to bring worship and and huge colorful chalk drawings and and prayer and love to these people. And and they were drawn to it just because there's not that there. There isn't light. There isn't joy. Uh, And so it was really cool to see the atmosphere change and to see people's faces when they saw that we were there. And we were there for... For Jesus and, and to give them love and 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 expect nothing in return. These people, their eyes are covered by sin and by what the devil has twisted and perverted, and um, and God just wants to to take that those blinders and show them what love is and show them what true hope is. Well, and we put chalk and and encouraging pictures about how God is light and how God is love, and there was light bulbs and hearts with crowns and flowers, and it was just. It was bright and it was beautiful. It was it was a difference from what they were seeing, from the, the flashy lights and the darkness to brightness, just brightness and just joy.
2: This was in the School of Evangelism Outreach. But I gotta say, I'm so proud of this team. They engaged with the unknown here in Europe from the first day to the last. Every day had either prayer or evangelism or went to the red light districts or did youth camps. But I saw these young people in the School of Evangelism Uh, turn into real weapons and tools in the hands of God to bring the message of hope,
4: the Gospel, to the lost. God is unifying Berlin.
2: God's voice is being heard in Oxford. God is awakening Dillingen
4: God
6: is reviving the city of Lucre. God is redeeming Hamburg.
2: God is creating space for Himself in Germany and He is coming.
1: No, I'm over time. Forgive me. I even talked about earlier, like, good speakers stay on time. So I'm really sorry. I'm going to talk about this last thing. And there's one more video. It's shorter than that one, I promise. But it's basically about the next step. After that outreach, God told me what I'm doing. I'm going to get into the music industry. I'm going to get into the entertainment industry. I'm going to impact entertainers and show them that they are an influence and show them what being a positive ins- influence looks like rather than being a negative influence. God's gave me the process of actually, um, st- like, getting some music going, and creating a project, and everything like that. God is making paths. I know a, you know a music manager now. I know music producers. I know bands. And that's the thing. God's making a way because I'm there. God's called me into the cities because that's where the musicians and the people are. There's 8 billion people in this world, and there are, like, so many nations. And the people of the nations are crowding to the urban centers of America. And that's where God's called me, to see those people and impact them. And it's to work with a school called the Urban DTS. And there's one picture I want to show before that, and it's this picture. This, I am not a sporty guy, and somebody encouraged me. Somebody told me, like, hey, you should join the softball team. And as you can clearly see by me not joining this one, I don't play softball. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm a musician. People love it. People are like, hey, you're so good at playing music when they see me on stage. So somebody said, that guy that's right above me, the tall guy, he goes, have you ever tried something you're not good at, like in public? Have you ever, like, tried that? So I was like, I'll give it a shot. So I did it. <laughs> I'm wearing a soccer shirt, you know. <laughs> but I played outfield. I missed the ball. I wasn't that good. I just knew I wasn't, you know. And I did it in public. And it was hard to go from hearing people say, man, you're so good at playing music to, you're not a very good softball player, <laughs> you know. People didn't say that, but, you know, you don't got to say it. But one of these, one of these, the reason I wanted to show this picture is our um, the guy that's on this side of me, his name's Andy, he's our pitcher. I've been telling them, we do prayer requests after our games, and I say finances. I'm having an issue with finances. It's not working. I have to have 650 a month of people giving, giving a, a, an amount and financially partnering with my vision of the entertainment industry. I mean, if that is a vision that you want to be a part of, then that's the thing. That guy, he doesn't talk. He doesn't get out. But he, he kind of like, we were about to go eat pizza, which I love. And he was telling me, hey, I want to be part of the reason you stay here. and I want to be part of the reason you do what you do. And I want to support you. The only thing he said is, I prayed about it. God told me I had enough money, and so I'm going to do it. The big thing he did was pray about it. That was huge. He didn't do it because he was like, oh, you do missions. I want to help you. He did it because he prayed, and God said, I want you to be a part of this vision. Now, this next video I'm about to show is the Urban DTS video. It's the ministry I'm joining, and the people you're going to see in it are staff members. We go into the cities, and we get to know people. It's about relationship. It's about, you know what, if the relationship takes a year, it's going to take a year. But the thing is, it's not about telling the person, hey, you should get saved. It's about telling the person how much they're loved by you and how much they're loved by God. And that's what I want to do in the entertainment industry. So after this video, um, I'll close it out. But, yeah, here it is. Um.
5: Right now, the world is experiencing the greatest migration known to man. More than one and a half million people each week are moving into cities around the world. According to United Nations, over 225 million people are out of their country of birth. And North America alone receives one and a half million of those people. Ninety-five percent of the immigrants that come into America are moving into a city.
6: Because of urbanization, diversity is shown through cities like the world has never seen. Muslims and Buddhists and Jews can be found in the same street corner, even in North American cities. Each character of God is represented in these people groups and it allows for each community to have all aspects of the character of God.
5: Many secular and religious organizations are targeting the city because they see the opportunity, while the body of Christ is leaving the city at exponential rates. It's time we see urbanization as a gift from the Lord and take over.
0: YWAM Tyler desires to raise up young people to reach the city. We've created a school called Urban Discipleship Training School, UDTS. UDTS is five months long, and it's designed to equip you to reach your neighborhood, equip you to reach the spheres of influence in a city, and transform a city. Urban DTS focuses on hearing God amongst the noise of the city, how is it you can live a Christ-like life amongst the diversity and the brokenness of the city, What is it that God's doing in the city to reveal himself and advance the kingdom?
6: (laughs) During DTS, I really learned that God loves people, and cities are where people are, and so God loves cities. Living within cities, you're able to come in contact with so many people, so much diversity, and really see God represented among the masses.
4: We want to invite you to join us at Urban DTS. You can find out more at y